Good morning, everyone, and welcome to El Camino People, the podcast. Today, we bring you an amazing Camino story. Once again, we love to talk about pilgrims. We love to share their stories. And today with us, we have Victor. How are you doing, Victor? Hi, Jose. I'm fine. I'm really excited and a little bit nervous about the uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, as we say, you know, there's nothing live, there's nothing there, everything is recorded. And and the whole idea is just two pilgrims, you know, as we will be doing the Camino, we find each other just grabbing up a year, chatting about our stories and, and sharing it with the with the world. But, you know, always relax and, and chill. No problem. <laughs> so how are you doing, Victor? Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from you're from Germany, but then, you know, your life ended up into Spain. And we'll talk later about that. But where are you from? Yeah, I'm uh, 39 years old. I was born in Dushanbe. It's in uh, Tajikistan. Wow. But I live in Munich since 16 years now. Uh, yeah, and I work in advertising agency as an art director. Yeah, and incredible. So, too. Like so we have a lot in common. I'm on the marketing side. I'm 38. So we are, you know, the young generation. We're still a lot of things to do and we are from i so you're from 1982 yeah great i'm 983 so best years ever <laughs> yeah. anyway you know before we start talking with all the films we have the one minute questionnaire so the whole idea is yes i'm gonna throw you these questions at you they are all camino related and you have one minute to answer as many questions as you can are you ready okay i try to do that I'm ready. <laughs> let's go your first camino my first Camino was uh, 2016 from Munich to Fistera. Wow. One city. One city. Uh, what do you mean? What kind of city? One city. One city. Um, <clears throat> Burgos. One meal. One meal. Uh, baguette with marmalade. A song. Song. I want to break, break free. Yeah. <laughs> a sad moment. Sad moment as my parents died. A happy moment. As I arrived to Santiago, I uh, didn't stop crying. So it was nice. One color. Uh, green. A smell. A sweet smell, honey. Coffee with milk uh, or without? Uh, black coffee. Okay, and the final question, omelette with or without onions? Without onions. Really? You, you're safe because of the coffee, but man, wh what's going on? Lately, everybody's without onions. It, you can tell that you've been living in Galicia too long. With garlic, yes, but not onions. Really? Okay, yeah. well, you know, taste. So tell us a little bit, Victor, uh, you know, one of the things that for me surprised me the most, you know, I live in Pamplona and the Camino has been in my front door of my life, but from you coming from, you know, from your story, from your background, when, did you, when and how did you find out about the Camino de Santiago? I didn't read nothing before about the Camino and I was not in uh, forums like for pilgrims and about mm -hmm. the Camino. Uh, as my parents died, I just want to take a break from my work and from their life and I thought oh there's a way uh, they are really have a good signature and it's have to go like Fistera and I will see 
some European countries and I just packed my backpack with 20 kilos and just went and go to Fisterra. So how, how long was till the, the moment you discovered the Camino? Did you hear from friends or how did you find out of this trail? I came from Munich and you have everywhere the signature of the shell and I just uh, walk, stop, start to walk. I remember the day it was six in the morning in Munich uh, in a spe special church of the Camino. And yeah, my first day was 46 kilometers because I wow. was so excited. And yeah, it takes me three and a half months to reach the Fistera. It is incredible because many people don't know that all over Europe, you know, in, in almost all the big cities, there is cells, there's the Camino connections, there is little trails that go the Camino. And, and Germany is one of the biggest, you know, I don't know how many pilgrims I know that have walked all the way from Germany to, uh, to Santiago and to Fisterra. Yeah. I didn't realize that the shell, it's the Camino. I saw it many times in Munich, but I just thought, what's the sign is this? And uh, yeah. So how was the process? Your, your, your parents passed away. You, you leave your job, you quit, or you just ask for a, for a couple of months vacation? No, I just quit my job. and You quit right away? Yeah, and start to work. And you start walking like how long? Because a lot of people, you know, they are they always asking like, oh, you're gonna start walking for three months. And like, did you prepare? Did you went and you know research? Did you get your backpack? Did you have everything? No, I didn't prepare. I just had in the beginning twenty kilos, and as I reached the border to Switzerland, uh, I decided to have less package. <laughs> And that what I didn't use, I sent it back. So in the end, I had just 14 kilos. 14 kilos. Yeah. So it was so, just without experience, nothing. So are you used to backpacking? Do you know, do you used to backpack over there or was something totally new for you? It was completely, totally new for me. Wow. So suddenly from one day to the other, you decide to walk more than yeah. 2000 miles without any experience, a new backpack, all gear and start walking with uh, no conversation about uh, pilgrims experience nothing i just start to walk by myself and just follow the cells yeah just follow the cells and uh, it was a nice experience because i met many people on the way and it was new for me to be alone too but uh, yeah i think that's the way of camino so which time to of the year were you walking what do you mean? Oh, in what time of the year? Were you walking in, in March, April? Uh, I start in uh, end of June. End of June. So, okay, so you were kind of like on the good weather, so no, no snow. I was in Pamplona. Uh, let's check. I think it was end of September. Yeah. September, huh? So how is because a lot of people, they think, you know, that the Camino is all full of, you know, people, but not many people have walked through Germany or, you know, Switzerland, how was the Camino compared now that you know, you know, the Camino Frances, how was walking those first days? Did you find any pilgrims? Was it different than what people think is the Camino or? Yeah, in Germany it was different to find some places to sleep. I slept sometimes outside, sometimes in churches, sometimes in private rooms, because in Germany it's not like in Spain with many outbacks. 
mm-hmm. and uh, in Switzerland. And Germany, I was all the time mostly alone. But people asked me because I had the shell on my backpack and they start, started to uh, give me questions what I do, where I go, and uh, yeah, it motivates me to go the Camino way. So I always ask the people, what did your, your family, your friends, you know, told you when you told them right away that like, I'm quitting my job and I'm going to start walking till the end of the world in Spain? They say I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a common one. Yeah, they say I'm crazy, but uh, they're really proud after that, that I walk so much. And no one will say I train for you for a little bit, walk with you or... They were like, no, too much for us. Uh, one friend, one friend joined me in Switzerland and walked with me just for three days, and that's it. So he came extra from Munich to Switzerland. It was nice. So how was the, the the walking over there? Because you know, here we are so used to the Camino Frances, the Plateau, the the Meseta, and you know, the Pyrenees, but. How is walking in Germany, in Switzerland? And like, as you were saying, you know, so many days walking into a church, sleeping in a church, did you plan ahead? Is something that is quite easy to follow the cells? So do you need a map? Were you using an app? No, it was, it was really uh, easy to find a way. I didn't need a map. So it was, uh, it's the infrastructure for pilgrims. It's not so good like in, in Spain, but, uh, it was easy, easy to find it, and yeah. So your first day, forty-six k, with twenty kilos in your pack, yeah, and with no experience hiking. How was it? It was nice because I was really happy and excited. But on the next day, I walked just ten kilometers. <laughs> yeah, one for the other. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I I was a little bit. Uh, Exhausted, so yeah. And what is the the biggest memories that you have, you know, till from all those, the, from the walking in Europe, you know, what was the the most beautiful days that you will say, you know, if I have to go back to one of those days, or if people are asking right now, you know, I don't want to do the Camino Frances, but I want to do a different Camino in Europe. What would you suggest is the most beautiful part? Of... I think the most beautiful part was through uh, Switzerland and France because, because it was not overcrowded with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like the nature in France because, for example, in Germany, you see every kilometer a village and in France was for a few hours, nothing, nothing, no, nothing, just nature. So it was really nice. And you were saying that the, the, from those 20 kilos, you, you sent home about six. So what was that, those extra things that you carry in your backpack? Because a lot of people, they always say, you know, right now in, on the forums, it was like, oh, it's just 10% of your, of your weight. I'm like, I'm sure you don't weigh 200 kilos. Yeah. It was, for example, uh, selfie stick. Okay. Some different clothes. So I excited to get just free t-shirts and uh, I wash every day. Mm-hmm. Of my stuff, so it was most of them. What I sending back was uh, the clothes, and yeah, like extra gear. 
Yeah, I just want to tell everyone the Camino, three t-shirts, three pairs of socks, two shorts, and just yeah. wash them every day. I think it's enough because you wash every day, so you have every day something new clean. Yeah. And also you're in that kind of community that nobody cares so much until you are, you know, and, and unless you don't sour, everybody around you is on the same situation. So it's not like you need fancy clothes or, or anything. That's true. Uh, you have the special smell after almost 3000 kilometers. It not depends if you wash your clothes or not. Yeah. And that's what I, a lot of people don't get it because at the end you wash your t-shirt, but your jersey and your backpack, they are going to grab a smell from the grass, from you, from everything. So at yeah. the end, as you were saying, we have that kind of pilgrim smell. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in Germany, you say some, uh, like pilgrim Würze, it means like, uh, some, uh, I don't know how the English name is. <laughs> Yeah, some special smell. For okay, like another, like a bad smell. smell. Yeah, smells <laughs> from everything. Yes, and and if you sleep in, in in churches and in places like that, you know, at the end you ended up grabbing a little bit of everything, and it's nothing bad. You know, it's always yeah. everybody's really respectful about that, and and I have to say that I never seen a a, a pilgrim that it's unclean, it's or untidy. Like usually everyone is, as you say, you get to the albergue, you clean your stuff, you put on the old one, and keep doing that every day so you keep on walking and suddenly you are arriving to saint jan how was the feeling you know a lot of people when i when i asked them and people that walked long caminos like you how was the feeling of arriving to saint jan and seeing that huge amount of pilgrims because also for you that was you know the planning right of the summer so yeah as the strange thing is um, i was always happy on my camino to see pilgrims Mm -hmm. France or Switzerland. As uh, I arrived at Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port, I was a little bit shocked because there are so many people and it was like, I just want to walk alone again. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it was different, like uh, Camino before, as I arrived at uh, Santiago. The first thing what I saw was the airport of Santiago. And I got a goosebumps and started to crying because uh, I was not, not in Santiago, but I saw that Santiago is not far away anymore. Uh, I needed to walk two hours more to the cathedral, but it was really a special moment. And what kind of pilgrims were, you know, I always say that you know, after walking many Caminos, I found that there's different kinds of pilgrims, you know, usually in the Camino Frances, you see the, the new pilgrims, you know, usually younger crowd. When I did the Portuguese, I saw more people on the second, third Camino, more, you know, in an older, but what kind of pilgrims were in the, in the part of Europe, you know, what people were walking those, those paths? Age of the people. Age of the, the kind of people, you know, were more like retirees, were more like people like you working long distance, or were more people just hiking over Europe, not really pilgrims, just hikers? Yeah, I had the feeling in Spain they are more like tourist pilgrims. Mm -hmm. And especially like France and Germany, I meet many pilgrims through lose some someone and that, that's the reason why they walk the Camino uh, and 
uh, in France they are more like from 40, 40 between 60 years old. Mm -hmm. The Spanish Camino was more a little bit younger and more the touristic part. Yeah. Yeah, that was the difference. And how was the, the feeling, you know, suddenly you walk all this Camino that you're almost by yourself and you start walking the, the Camino Frances in the plenty of the summer with so many people and people were asking you, I'm like, what is your story? Where you're coming from? And when you tell them you were walking all the way from Germany, how do the people react? react like just they say wow so <laughs> so big distance and they was proud and to yeah it was a good reaction of them to go I, I guess that probably in your in your Camino till till France you didn't have like a group of people that you will hike together for for a couple of days you were mostly by yourself or did you have like a group that you walk a couple of days together yeah I had in France uh, so many groups we um, walk together for two hours or three hours and then we see each other three days after again so it was like you saw always the people and the funny thing was uh, I don't know the, if it's Spain like this or no because in Spain you have more pilgrims but mm -hmm. especially it was like a Camino radio so <laughs> when you met some people and you didn't know them, they know about you already everything because <laughs> someone <laughs> tell the stories and yeah. Yeah, that I think that happens in Spain also, as you were saying, as there's so many people, there's no way that that can happen. But I, I, I saw that in like last Camino, I walk in France and the Camino Piemonte and I saw like three pilgrims in, in 10 days. And it was funny, like, you know, someone will always knew or, or will go ahead and know your story even before you came. Yeah, it was quite funny to to uh, hear about yourself from another people. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you arrived into Spain, did you uh, try to find out like a family or did you continue your journey and you're mostly by yourself or how was it the, the you know, the Camino from St. Jan on? Mm, no, I walked by myself. I didn't find a family. I met many nice people, so I'm still friends till now with them mm -hmm. and yeah and any big struggles you know a lot of people will think that maybe walking in europe you know is harder than the camino frances as you were saying you know there's no so many little villages maybe people don't know the language did you have any problem at all during the camino or were you able to you know survive uh, no, I had no problems with the language because uh, in, in France was quite difficult because they speak just French. French. <laughs> <laughs> but I met uh, many pilgrims who helped me to take a reservation in our back. So it was without problems. And I didn't have bad experience. I had just only nice experience. Uh, so, yeah. I think uh, when people uh, are a little bit scared to walk um, through a country where they didn't know the language, mm -hmm. I think they have just to try it because uh, there are many possibilities to uh, do that. Yeah. 
Because yeah, and, uh, and I think, you know, they can yeah. hands, paper, and, and there's so many people around you that can help you. And that's true. yeah. So how was the, the change, you know, from walking, you were saying that walking the Camino in Europe was so different than walking the Camino in Spain. How did they, why it was different? Why it was different personally for me or like... In both, you know, personally for you, I guess, you know, after you were saying that you were looking for a more by yourself Camino and suddenly you are here in Spain with all these people around you, noise. And I know the difference from coming from a Camino that you are by yourself every day with nature and suddenly you're going into a Camino that some days you have the road by your side, some of the days they're amazing. But I guess that after walking, because how long did you walk till you arrived to St. Jean? Probably two months walking. Yeah, I walked two months and I needed, because I, uh, when I, I liked small village, I stayed there for two days or something mm -hmm. like that. So I walked till France two months and then I needed, yeah, like quite a month to uh, walk in Spain. That part mm -hmm. So how was the difference from the, from that, from the European Camino to the Spanish Camino? The difference is uh, it's more louder, more <laughs> but it was nice because uh, on the Spanish way, the Camino Frances had many different uh, nature parts too, and uh, it was not boring. It was just not easy to find uh, our bag because you need always reservation in France. Mm -hmm. Didn't need reservation I just come in so I had not I was not in a rush to yeah uh, reach one city so it was so did you have did you have any trouble with any albergue for the reason like you know and, and I know the feeling like in when you walk in these Caminos you just walk and you know that there's going to be a bed waiting for you suddenly you arrive to Spain and also people tend to wake up really early here I don't know if you know when you are in, over there, you, you know that you have the whole day to walk. So it's not like just walking in the morning and arriving late in the afternoon. Yeah, I had one time uh, trouble with one how bad when I sleeping outside near the church. But it was nice too. So it that's why I was not raining. So it was good. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing with the churches, you need to be careful for the one with the bells. Some of them, they still, you know, run the bells every hour till 12 o'clock at night. So some churches in Spain, they are fine. There's, you know, I've been, I've been sleeping in quite my share of churches also backpacking through Pyrenees, but it is always an, a nice place and you can always find a place out of the wind. So your Camino gets going. Suddenly you are already three months in and you are getting closer to Santiago. How was the feeling of finally reaching the destination of Santiago? I didn't believe that, that I almost there. So I take some pieces of my parents with me and uh, it was really emotional thing to arrive to Santiago. And um, I think the last day where, where I was walking to Santiago, it was 45 kilometers too. 45, wow. Yeah, so I was exhausted but really really happy i can imagine was you know a lot of people they 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 have expectations with santiago in your case after walking you know more than a hundred days do you have any expectations about the arrival or were you just you know once you walk for so long everything becomes kind of like you know this is my my life right now there was no expectations yeah at the 
at the start was not easy, so I wrote every day uh, something about my experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, after 60 days, it was like quite normality to see every day different people, every day different place. And uh, in the end, it was like a, like a new normal life for me. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you get to Santiago. For some people, they said, you know, that that's the destination. The ones that we walked, we know that that's the real beginning. What happened to you? Were you, did you know already that you were going to walk to Finisterre or that you were going to continue? Or was something that you decided in the moment? Yeah, for me, it was important to walk to first to Mushia. Mm -hmm. And then I walk from Mushia down to Fisterra because for me it was important to see the ocean before I go back and to put uh, the stuff of my parents between the stones, like for me to, uh, yeah, always say that, to, to, to close bad feelings and not thinking about more about the death and... Mm -hmm. It is incredible, but so many people, you know, they, they don't know, but there's pilgrims from all over the world that they, they bring assets or, you know, things from their from the loved ones to live in Finisterre or Musia. And it's something that is really common and it's something that a lot of people think that is new because of social media or whatever, but it's something that pilgrims have been doing all their life, you know. It's mm -hmm. just a, a tradition. And and why in your case, first Musia and then Finisterre? That's a question that a lot of people ask. You know, what do you prefer? Fisterra? It's like, what do you like more, dad or mom? No, for me, I'm like, eh. Yeah, Fisterra was for me like the end of the end of the Camino. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, I, I want to see first the Mushia and then completely the end of my way will be like a Fisterra. Fisterra. That's what, what my decision was. And that was your decision from the day that you left because you already have that plan kind of like that what your Camino will finish in Fisterra. And uh, I slept in uh, a little hotel, it's in Fisterra Cup, near the lighthouse. It was like a present for me. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. To oh, the Osemaforo, the one right there? Yeah. It's an incredible place. Um, for people that don't know, it is expensive, but if you walk a Camino like yours with so much, you know, feeling and you need to give yourself every once in a while a little present, you know, a good meal, a good stay, and yeah, this. And it was like a good present for myself to, after the walk, just to be there and going outside in the evening where nobody anymore, and just sitting on the wow. roofs and just watching at the ocean. It was nice. I haven't slept there, but uh, I, I've been eating there and, you know, I always go there for a beer and a coffee and I can imagine as you were saying, you know, being by yourself at night there with no one else yeah. in kilometers around and wow, that must be amazing. Yeah, if I think about it, I'm getting always a goosebumps because... Well, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps and I haven't even <laughs> been there, so... But I, I like that, you know, you, you mentioned that because a lot of people, they think that sometimes the Camino is just or sleeping in churches or sleeping in albergues. And you are the perfect explanation that you can do a little bit of both. And, and you have to save a little bit, you know, a lot of, I always tell people, save a little bit for the end, for a good meal in Finisterre, for a, for a yeah. good way of sleep. Because also when you go through so much, you know, sometimes your body and, and as you say, a little present for you, you are net. Yeah, and uh, I don't understand why many people um, 
looking for the Camino like it's uh, something to rush to. Uh, it has become a race and yeah, it's like a race and I don't understand because the life is the race and the Camino is just a part where you can just switch everything off and not racing just to be with yourself, yeah. just take time for you, for yourself too. Yeah, I agree. And, and also sometimes, you know, the Camino Rhino is like black or, or white, you know, I have to go all the time to great hotels or just sleep all the time in my tent. I'm like, there is such a huge line of grace that, as you were saying, if you need to take your time, there's no way that you can rest to an albergue. So sometimes you may need to sleep in a, in a hostel that will give you that, you know, freedom to walk by yourself and, and not running. Yeah, I think always be like water. So yeah the life what if something happened just be flexible and yeah and the camino will provide as you were saying if if there's no not an albergue or a hotel there will be a church if no will be someone in the village that will and if no sleep outside nothing is going to happen for one night yeah that's true yeah so what happened at the end the victor that left in munich and suddenly arrived to vistera what happened inside victor I changed my mind because of work, because uh, I was more there to make a career. Mm -hmm. And then I decided just uh, to live my life. And um, I started to do things that I never thought to do that in my life before, like uh, be a beekeeper, uh, looking for a house uh, somewhere. quite of a city, so in a small village. And yeah, and that's it happens to me. So I found a little house in Galicia. So the the Victor that left Munich fell in love with Galicia right away when you finished to me to when you were in Finisterre or that happened when you came back home and you know, after processing everything. Yeah, because I I think that's, that's the one of the things that a lot of people they don't realize that you need a couple of days to 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 think about your Camino before you come back. I don't know if you stay, you know, in Finisterre for a couple of days or in Santiago, but I always tell everyone if you don't, if you have the time, don't rush it. You just went through a life changing experience. Take some time to to just, you know, chill and think before you take that plane or train or car. Yeah, that's true. So I decided everything to do much more slowly without stress and uh, as I was in, on the bridge in Ponte Macera, on mm-hmm. the Camino way, I thought at this moment it would be nice to have a little house here because I really love uh, the weather, the nature. It's always green. I love the rain. and That's the place. If you love the rain, that's Galicia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know why I had this feeling on the bridge in Ponte Macera. Um, and three years ago, three years after that, uh, yeah, I found a little house near Ponte Macera. So, yeah. So you find a little house and you were saying that you were a bee picker. So you came back home. Did you continue on the same kind of like business? You keep working on the, on the same stuff or? No, I just want to quite my business and, uh, to do something special for pilgrims and for myself because I really love plants. 
And how does one go from, you know, from life in marketing and stuff to be a beekeeper uh, gardener in Galicia? Yeah, I think it was the Camino that changed my mind. <laughs> But was that something that you already were, you know, growing your vegetables? Did you know about bees or was something that came out of the uh, walk-in? I, th I, I thought I will do that when I go to pension mm -hmm. after my work. And then I, after the death of my parents, I thought, why you keep the things do it now so the life is short and after the camino i decided to do things now and not waiting till i'm 60 or something so that's yeah that's something that we hear so much you know people live in things when you get retired but i don't know how it is in germany but right now in spain if we will if we wait till we are retired maybe we will be 80 or 90 who knows yeah. but maybe i will be not healthy enough to do this thing mm -hmm. so I do it now. So then you start looking for a house in Galicia. How one looks for a house in Galicia? I was not looking for a house in Galicia, especially. I was just looking at houses near the Pyrenees and maybe south of France. Uh -huh. uh, I was searching an internet, but it was not like uh, to do it now. It was just uh, when mm -hmm. I had time, I was searching for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then something happens. It was before the first lockdown. Uh, one of my friends uh, wrote me that she knows someone who want to sell a house in Galicia. And I thought, yeah, why not? I will look at that. And uh, I was in February um, 2000, I think, yeah, 20. It was for, before the first lockdown. Okay, yeah, 2020. Yeah, there, and I got a goosebumps because it was just near the Ponte Macera. Wow. <laughs> and it's a really old stone house um, between Ponte Macera and Negrera. And I fell in love with this house. And I had already all the finished pictures of the house, how it looks like what kind of flowers will be here and what kind of colors. And yeah, I <clears throat> started to manage the money to buy the house and many friends helped me. So um, yeah, and in the end I bought the house and do now the renovations when I have time. So you go back and forth and you fix the house by yourself? Wow, it's incredible because we, we just saw the picture that you posted yesterday on Facebook and it is truly what you say, you know, one of those beautiful stone house from Galicia. And... Yeah, and I really love to do uh, the, the things by my own, mm -hmm. all the renovation. And um, I was all the summer there now and I had my first three pilgrims uh, just 
it was a nice experience to be their owner and to uh, make a breakfast and dinner for them. So. So how was the the change you know because right now it's in Korea, but you will be surprised how many people ask me you know from the states from all over the world that they are thinking about moving to spain and starting a little burger some of them under retiree you know you have the money and and buying property in spain in some places is pretty cheap but how was the change from being the pilgrim to being the host of the pilgrims it's uh not easy i can't believe it till now <laughs> that it's happens. Uh, it's just like proper poker to be like this. So yeah. And for me, it's difficult. I learn Spanish now, but uh, my neighbors help me. I had already friends in Galicia too, who helps me too with some papers and stuff like that. That's amazing. Um, you also were talking about the the beekeeping. Where does beekeeping fit in this albergue? or in this little house in the Camino? Yeah, I have a big garden there, so I, I decided to grow my vegetables there because it's like 5,000 square meters. Wow. And it's enough place for bees and vegetables. That's the name uh, why I call the name. It's also a beha. Mm-hmm. In German, like Bienenbeer, so because of the honey and yeah. <laughs> and how does one start into the beekeeping you know some things that i've been seeing a lot but how do you start yeah i'm like you have a project of a house then you have your garden then you have the bees and it's just you i have already bees in germany okay i started now two years ago and i thought there will be enough enough place in galicia to to produce the honey and yeah so out my job and so now you're full-time beekeeper alberga keeper yeah pilgrim host it's my dream yeah so i work on it <laughs> so where do you see the you know you were saying that this is the beginning where do you see yourself in in you know three four five years i see in three years or five years to be to move to galicia mm -hmm. to speak spanish <laughs> we'll be at and uh, yeah, hope everything goes like I want. So that's amazing. And you know, one of the things that for me it's kind of like uh, strange. You know, once you have, I was been thinking, you know, having an albergue, having a place, or being hospitalier for for a, for a couple of weeks. But I always wonder, like, if I'm an hospitalier, I can't be walking. So for you, I'm like, are you thinking about walking more caminos, or you? have decided that, you know, for me right now, I want to be kind of like the hospitaler or the, the pilgrim's host. Yeah, I, I think I will be the host of the Albag. So and maybe some people want to help me too and work with. For so it will be easier. Mm -hmm. So are you thinking about walking any any more Camino soon or, or for now, your project is just working on Dalberg and any free time that you have you go over there? My my dream walk uh, want to walk. I want to walk the Camino from Porto. Oh, beautiful! Camino Portugués, the coastal or the inland? The coastal one. For me, one of the best. And then north of Spain to just to uh, see 
to have more experience to see what kind of bags they are and mm -hmm. just make connections. That's amazing. Yeah, we wish you the best, the best of luck, and we hope that we can visit you soon and yeah, try that I those veggies and that. I, I that will honey. be again there from 17th December to 8th January. So okay. if you have time, you can I, I hope I can have time. So if people want to know more about the albergue of getting in touch with you, we have, you know, both the, your, your Facebook name and your Instagram name, I guess they can contact you over there just to go to the albergue or. Yeah, they can, they can contact me over social, uh, social media. I work on my website too, but it's not finished yet. So. <laughs> Usually happens, yeah. So we will put also all the information on the on the post, and and we wish you the best. You know, it's great that Thank whole you. people, you know, ended up, you know, giving back to the Camino and and finding in love with the Camino. And I guess you know the Camino needs more places like you, as you were saying, you know, little places where the pilgrims feel like family. And I'm sure that it will be a great success. Yeah, I hope so. It's really small one, but uh, I think it will be the nice one. I think the small ones became the biggest ones in the Camino. Yeah, thank you. Because at the end, you know, the small ones are the ones that you feel like home and you feel like heart. And, and if I can think about albergues, you know, you always remember those that you are with few people, that you remember the hosts that you are, as you were saying, you know, that you feel like home. And I guess the, the being in bar will be one of them for sure. Yeah. I just have to finish the kitchen and the living room, but all the rooms are already finished. So... And if anyone wants to know, you know, there's a lot of pilgrims that they like to help and everything, so they can contact you and, you know, your social media. And I guess that you will be more than, than willing to set any hands that can go there and work. <laughs> yeah, it will be nice. Everyone is welcome. So anyway, thank you so much, Victor. And as we always say, buen camino, ultrella. Thank you, Jose, too. And have a nice day. You too. Yeah, thank you.